This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Monday, our first Monday show here on Sports Country Radio in 2021. And uh, we made it. Now, you know, it's not over yet. You know, I have a, lot of, a lot of people are doing a lot of celebrating. Oh, thank God 2020 is over. There's nowhere to go but up. And, and you know, I, I get the sentiment, but we also have to remember we are, we are not out of the woods yet. There is still a, a lot of... Uh, time to go yet on this pandemic, a lot of vaccinations to happen, and uh, we need to uh, remain vigilant. So uh, anyway, but welcome to 2021, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about this morning. Obviously, um, a lot of football news yesterday. The playoffs are set for this coming week. Um, so uh, my wife uh, has not been feeling well. My wife has had hives for like two weeks. We have no idea where it's come from. We know nothing new in the food. We're, we're trying everything. She's on steroids hasn't been sleeping well so a lot of fun in our household but uh, I'm sure she was thrilled that she was able to stay awake and watch the late football game with me last night because the hives were keeping her up so we watched the the uh, Washington football team last night play uh, uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles and work their way into the uh, the NFC playoffs as the NFC East champion so uh, I'm sure that the hives that she has and I know that she was excited to be able to stay up and watch that not really um uh, another quick personal note: uh, my uh, my wife's aunt passed away over uh, the uh, the weekend, and uh, uh, but uh, she lived to be ninety years old. And uh, uh, n- I tell you what, it's never easy to lose a loved one, but uh, ninety years old is is uh, is a nice long life. And uh, but our condolences go out to uh, uh, my wife's uh, cousin Laura and uh, uh, her brothers and sisters on the passing of uh, of their mother. So. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, to football. Um, the Redskins, I keep calling them the Redskins. The Washington football team gets in; they beat the Eagles twenty to fourteen. But and and uh, but the story here is a little bit different in that everybody is a little outraged this morning. And you know, uh, you can't if you're a New York Giants fan, you can't be happy today. Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, in a three-point game, benches their starting quarterback in favor of not just your backup quarterback, but your third-string quarterback. Of course, you know, Jalen Hurts gets the start as he had taken over for Carson Wentz, who hadn't been very good. Well, yesterday, to be fair to the Eagles, and I want to give – Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Eagles, the benefit of the doubt here. He benches Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter in a game that it was a three-point game. This is a game that is winnable if you're an Eagle fan 
or if you're a Giant fan. This is a game I'm not – there's no guarantee with Jalen Hurts in there they would have won it. But throwing up the white flag and, and for – you know, people are saying, hey, look, the Eagles tanked. They purposely lost this game so they could get a better draft selection next year. You don't want to think that, but it's hard not to. Now, again, to be fair to Doug Peterson, Jalen Hurts, while he was in there, was terrible. He was 7 for 20 for 72 yards. He threw an interception. He had a quarterback rating of 25.4. All right, he ran the ball eight times for 34 yards, which he always does, and scored a couple of touchdowns. He was the only offense they really had, but as a quarterback – uh, you know, throwing the football, he was terrible. So I'll give you that. And the problem with this game, they didn't even dress Wentz. He was inactive. He was in street clothes on the sideline. And Peterson says, yeah, I was coaching to win. He said it was my decision. He said, you know, Nate Sudfeld has been here for four years, and I felt he deserved an opportunity to get some snaps. Are you kidding me? You let a guy get some snaps, as he says, in a three-point game, in a game that is going to decide whether it'll be the Washington football team or the New York Giants to make the playoffs. And as Doug Peterson, you give the New York Giants fans a big old middle finger and say, here, I'm going to throw in my third stringer, Giant fans. I mean, it's... And look, I don't know, and the reason I don't know the NFL can do anything here, you know, look, the NBA has rules where you can't tank. You know, you have to play your better players. They have this this rule about who can sit, how many of your regular players can sit, you know, yada, yada, yada. NFL doesn't necessarily have that. And in, again, in Peterson's defense, even if the NFL wanted to look into this, and, you know, I don't know whether there's going to be a phone call today from the from the league office or not. But all Doug Peterson has to say is, is if Roger Goodell calls, hey, Roger, Jalen Hurts was 7 for 20 for 72 yards. He had a quarterback rating of 25.4. It ain't like I was benching, you know, Johnny Unitas. I wasn't benching Tom Brady. So I'll give you that. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts with his legs scored your only two touchdowns. Philadelphia had a 14-10 lead in this thing with four minutes to go in the first half, and then that was the end of that. And give Washington credit. They did what they had to do, but the decision here to take Jalen Hurts out was egregious. It was gross. It was not the right thing for the NFL. It's a bad look. And again, Peterson can say what he wants, and the numbers the numbers are what they are. I get it. But that is not a good look for this league. And if you're the NFL, you can't be pleased with this. If they had benched Jalen Hurts and put Carson Wentz in, a guy who at one time was the number two overall pick, you know, in the NFL draft, if you had put Wentz in for for Jalen Hurts, nobody would have said a word. And look, this is nothing against Nate Sudfeld. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But you don't put a guy in a football game to, quote, unquote, get him some snaps in a game that is going to determine the playoff life 
of a team. That's just wrong. I'm sorry. And maybe Washington wins this game anyway. Maybe Hurts continues to stink through the fourth quarter, and maybe it doesn't make a difference. But we don't know that. All I know is that it doesn't look good. And Doug Peterson needs – you can say, yeah, I was coaching to win. The decisions that you made – you know, makes me think otherwise. And the, and another decision that Peterson made, <clears throat> again, it's a three-point game. They uh, they pick off uh, Alex Smith. They get the ball deep in Washington territory. They had a first down, at a first and goal from the five, gain one yard. Instead of kicking a field goal that would have tied the game. They decide to go for it on fourth down. Jalen Hurts was under a lot of pressure, threw a ball short in the end zone because he was running for his life. There wasn't much else he could do. It wasn't like he was standing back in the pocket, you know, with nobody around him and just threw one into the ground. He was under a lot of pressure. He was running to his left, tried to get the ball into the corner of the end zone, and he short, you know, he short hopped it. And so you get nothing out of that. You get the interception and you get nothing. Again, now you can say, if you're Peterson, you can say, well, you know, I made the decision. I wanted to try to win the game there or at least take the lead. I felt like this was our best opportunity to take the lead, so I passed up the field goal. I can buy that. I don't have a problem as much with that. Now, again, Giant fans are going to be like, why the hell didn't you kick the field goal? I get all that, all right? But, look. You know, because the other part of it is, is if, if 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 you're Peterson, you're thinking, well, even if we don't make the touchdown, they get the ball deep in their own territory. We, you know, we can win the field position battle. So I can live with that, but I can't live with Nate Sudfeld. Even giant players were like uh, tweeting out in the middle of the game, and you know, they were less than happy. Now, on the other side of the football, I am very happy for Alex Smith. Look, this is a guy who started the season, you know, probably as their third-string quarterback. They didn't even know if the guy was going to play. This is a guy who had 17 surgeries on his leg, a bad infection. There was at one point, there was talk they were going to amputate this guy's leg. And to have him come back and play the way he did this year, step into that starting I believe he was 5-1 and one as a starter for Washington, 5-1. and one. You know, and were his numbers spectacular yesterday? No. I mean, he threw for 162 yards, a couple of touchdowns, but he also threw two interceptions, got sacked three times. I mean, he's about as mobile as I am. You know, but he did enough. He did enough. You know, he throws the touchdown pass to McLaurin late in the first quarter, and then that big one with 20 seconds left, in the first half that gives them the lead going into the locker room. So I am excited for Alex Smith. It's a great comeback story. And and at the same time for Washington, look, yeah, okay, they're getting in the playoffs at 7-9. and nine. It's, you know, the NFC East was a train wreck. But they are also, you know, you've got to give them credit. They are the first team since the whole Super Bowl era started that has made the playoffs after starting 2-7. and seven. So they get a two and seven start, they go five and two the rest of the way, and they get in. 
you got to give them credit for that. Now, they are going to get rolled by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card game next Saturday night. I mean, it's not going to be a game, in my opinion. And, you know, uh, again, the Alex Smith story is a great one. You know, and the Washington defense isn't horrible. But Tom Brady and that Tampa Bay offense is frightening, and that is also a pretty good Tampa Bay defense. Uh, the, the Washington is going to get hammered. And, and my anger at Doug Peterson here doesn't take anything away from what this Washington team did. Again, you have to give them a lot of credit. Uh, our buddy Dan Zampano was livid on Twitter last night and basically said that, you know, uh, Peterson probably ought to get fired for this. Now, I don't think he's going to get fired for this. You know what? If he's going to get fired, it's not going to be for this. It's going to be because his team was awful all year. You know, if you want to make up a reason to fire Peterson, it's not because of this last game. You're going to fire him because your team finished 4-11 and won. 4 11 and 1. So, you know, I don't think that this decision is going to and and, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. Okay? But there would not it would not surprise me if there was a conversation between Doug Peterson and the front office, perhaps even the ownership that said, you know, hey, you know, don't be afraid. I'm thinking about throwing them in, and they're like, yeah, absolutely do it. Go for it, you know, because uh, the Eagles will now wind up with the sixth pick in the NFL draft. Now, you know, how that works out, we all know, you know, what a crapshoot that is. I mean, Carson Wentz was their number two overall pick in 2016. That didn't work out so well, although the guy's got a lot of talent. I still think, and Carson Wentz wants a trade. I still think the Patriots ought to see if they can get him. Um, but you know, I mean, and they picked another quarterback number two back in 1999, a guy by the name of Donovan McNabb, who had uh, quite a bit of success. So they're going to end up with the, with the six pick. It would have been worse than that had they won the game. But so, you know, look at it however you want. I just think it was wrong. I think it was a black eye for the NFL. And, um, if look, if, if Doug Peterson, wanted to get Sudfeld some reps. Get him some reps at the start of the game. Send him out for the first series of the second half. You know, maybe let him play a series or two in the second half. But when you're in a three-point game that late, you cannot do that. You cannot tank like that. And there's no other way to look at it but tanking. So that's it was just gross. You know, and I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine being a Giant fan anyway, but I can't imagine what Giant fans were thinking yesterday. They had to be, they had to be damn near apoplectic. So, uh, all right, so that's, that was game number one yesterday. Well, actually, that was the last game of the day, but that was the first one I wanted to talk about. Uh, the other one, uh, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns, a team that uh, snaps the longest drought in NFL uh, in the NFL, they this is the first playoff game for Cleveland since 2002. As they beat the Steelers yesterday, 
24-22. Of course, now we know it was a Steeler team that did not have Ben Roethlisberger. And several other starters sat in this one as well. Uh, uh, Marquise Pouncey did not play. Uh, they did not have T.J. Watt on defense. Uh, you know, so they had some second stringers in there. Baker Mayfield for the Cleveland Browns yesterday was, you know, not great, but did enough. Thank God, and Cleveland's been saying this all year, thank God for Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb runs for 108 yards yesterday on 14 carries, has a touchdown. Mayfield throws another one. I mean, the one thing that Baker Mayfield did this week that he didn't do last week was take care of the football. You know, that's the one thing that Cleveland did not turn the ball over after putting it on the ground, I think, three times last week. And then the defense for Cleveland comes up big in the end. They make a, a stop on a two-point conversion. Baker Mayfield runs for a first down with about a minute to go, and they put the game away. I mean, look, they had this game well in hand. They had a 24-9 lead uh, at the start of the fourth quarter and almost let it get away. And now for that, they get to go back and play Pittsburgh again. <laughs> they go back to the Steelers next Sunday night at 8.15. Uh, the last time they played in Pittsburgh was in October. They got beat 38-7. to <laughs> They have lost 17 straight gains. At Heinz Field. 17 straight games. And they got spanked in October. So, look, they, with the exception of last week's game where, you know, turnovers were a problem, this Cleveland team has been playing very, very well the last five or six weeks. You know, and you could make a case they didn't play great yesterday, but they did enough to win. You know, I mean, their defense, though, still gave up 400 yards of offense, which is a little concerning. But, you know, look, they did enough to win. They made some. They made the plays when they needed to. But if you are Baker Mayfield and you want to make a statement and, uh, you know, we don't know whether it's the fifth-grade bully, the seventh-grade bully, whatever they are, where they, you know, all season they have beat up on the bad guys and had trouble beating the good teams although they do have a couple of decent victories late in the season, if they are really for real, they will make this a game next week. I'm not sure they'll beat them. I think some of this is going to depend on how healthy everybody is. You know, look, we know Cleveland has been decimated by the whole COVID thing as well at various times this season. They have had to deal with that uh, a lot. And, you know, Pittsburgh – you know, by resting these guys this week, hopefully we'll have them fresh. Look, Ben's, you know, 112 years old and walks like he's 112 years old and sometimes plays like he's 112 years old. That week off this week will be very, very helpful. And, and speaking of off weeks, you know, just as an aside, I was thinking about this. The Kansas City Chiefs yesterday sat a good portion of their team, including 
their quarterback. And so, you know, and, and now Kansas City has a bye week because they're the number one seed in the AFC. So Patrick Mahomes and, and some of his uh, teammates are actually going to have two weeks off before their next game. Now, to me, you know, that can go two ways. You know, it can be a great thing because especially for guys that are a little bit banged up, but it can also be one of those things where, you know, you worry about getting a little bit stale. Taking reps in practice is not quite the same as taking them in a game. So, but you know, you'll you know, but so to have two straight weeks off, that could look. I'm not saying Kansas City's going to lose their first playoff game because everybody had two weeks off, but it's one of those things. It's some definitely something to think about. So, but anyway, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the bullies do next week. Uh, at Pittsburgh, and, and hopefully they'll make it a better game than 38-7. to And, if look, if they don't turn the football over, if Baker Mayfield can be, uh, you know, careful and not get not fumble, not throw stupid interceptions that he's been known to do, look, the way they run the football, and if this Cleveland defense can continue to stop the run for Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh hasn't been able to run the ball all year. If you can stop that – and force Ben Roethlisberger to beat you, you know, maybe you've got a chance. But it's all going, this is going to fall squarely on the shoulders of the very confident young quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. It's 28 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. Another team that uh, snapped a playoff drought uh, yesterday, although it was already, they had already clinched, so it wasn't that they snapped it yesterday, but, uh, you know, it's official now that uh, Tampa Bay will also uh, make the playoffs. And uh, they did it uh, with an exclamation point. Uh, Tom Brady, you know, I was a little bit surprised, to be honest, that Tampa played their starters as much as they did. They beat Atlanta yesterday, 44 to 27. I know that, you know, you had to be concerned whether, you know, what your seeding was going to be. As it turns out, it couldn't have gotten any better if you're Tampa because you get to play the Washington football team. You've got to be thrilled about that. Uh, but Tom Brady throws for 399 yards and four touchdowns. He just, you know, just continues to amaze uh, at 43 years old. And uh, they win this one easily. Antonio Brown, 11 catches, 138 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, he throws uh, two more to Chris Godwin. There was a bit of a scare here, and we don't know how bad it is. Mike Evans, one of the star wide receivers for Tampa, left the game with a knee injury uh, late in the first quarter, did not return. Now, Bruce Arians, the head coach, afterwards uh, in, the, in his press conference said that it does not appear to be serious, that there does not seem to be any structural damage. They're going to run some more tests uh, today, but they don't think that it is something that is going to be, uh, that's going to keep him out. That's good. I mean, now look, they, they, have, they obviously have that safety net when they, you know, when they signed Antonio Brown. But I'm telling you, with a with that receiving core for Brady, when you've got Brown and Godwin and Evans and Gronk, I mean, look, that is 
that that will strike the you know fear into the hearts of many. So Bruce Arians better hope that uh, playing all these those guys does not come back to bite him. And as for Brady, he just continues to cement his legacy as the greatest of all time. Uh, he now has thrown over 40 touchdown passes twice in his career. There are not many people, folks, in the history of the NFL have done that. Matter of fact, it's a very short list. It's five people. It's Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, and now Tom Brady. Those are the only five people in the history of the NFL who have had multiple seasons of 40 touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers has done it three times. Everybody else has done it twice. Aaron Rodgers, who had a, another big game yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, who will be, the again, there, there should be an investigation if he's not the MVP in the NFL. He's just, he is on another level. But, so the uh, the Buccaneers get in and uh, and do it in big fashion. I mean, look, there are some teams yesterday that could that you could have understood if they wanted to coast a little bit. You know what I mean? And you know they were you know, the, the Bucks were one. You know, if they got up a little bit, I could have seen Bruce Arians, you know, throwing up the white flag and saying, "Eh, you know, we'll take the rest of the day off and just get out of here." And even if you win it by three, who cares? You know, another team that, you know, did not uh, take the foot off the gas yesterday, you know, and if there was any question that there are problems in Miami with their quarterback, it was made pretty clear yesterday. Uh, but Josh Allen yesterday, and they did go to their bench eventually, but Josh Allen throws three more touchdown passes yesterday, and the Buffalo Bills put up 56 points. 50. Six points on the Miami Dolphins. And Tua Tagovailoa was brutal. He threw the ball 58 times. He, he threw for 361 yards, but big deal. He threw three picks. I mean, he looked confused. You know, and I know they were playing from behind, so they had no choice. But, you know, you do begin to wonder. If Miami is going to have to start looking in another direction, it's almost like uh, Tua has become, and this is his rookie season, so you know it may still be too early to pass judgment. But the signs are not good. You know, this is a guy who came in with a lot of hype, and a guy, you know, kind of like when Marcus Mariota came in to the NFL. You know, everybody thought Marcus Mariota was going because of the offense that he ran in college. They thought he was going to light up the NFL. Not so much. And Fortua, a guy who, you know, gets a victory early in his, you know, his career. And actually, you know, he was doing pretty good. His, his record as a starting quarterback isn't awful. But his numbers are not very good. And this is a guy who early on said, geez, I'm just kind of surprised at how easy this is. I thought it would be harder. <laughs> That aged well, huh? So you have to wonder if, uh, you know, Miami's not going to be looking in a different direction. And, you know, if, if, and you also wonder. Now, they had said immediately that they were going to go back to two of this week, but you have to wonder if 
Fitzpatrick had not come down with, uh, had not tested positive for COVID-19 if he might have started this game, especially after what he did the previous week, or at least they might have pulled the plug very quickly and gone to him when they saw how Tua was struggling. We'll never know, obviously, but uh, going to be some interesting decisions that has to have to be made down in Miami. Um, so we talked about Sudfeld, a, a quarterback that they wanted to get some snaps in for. Uh, didn't work out so well for the Eagles and Giants fans, but it did work out pretty well for the Rams. John Wolford made his NFL debut, a kid out of Wake Forest who had been on this team, what, for three or four years? Uh, was forced into action this week in a game that was important for the Rams. Although, as it turns out, they would have reached the playoffs anyway because Green Bay uh, beat Chicago. So they would have gotten in anyway. But John Wolford making his uh, NFL debut did a good, pretty good job. You know, look, uh, with uh, Jared Goff out with that bad thumb, he went 22 for 38, 231. He did throw a pick. he threw a pick on his very first throw, but after that he settled down. Uh, didn't throw a touchdown pass. Matter of fact, the Rams' offense sputtered. The Rams did not score an offensive touchdown for the second straight game. Not exactly the way you want to roll into the playoffs if you're the Rams. But again, you know, no Jared Goff this week. I, uh, you know, you can understand it. But you have to be a little bit concerned now, you know, what happens with the Rams as far as next week. We don't know if Jared Goff is going to be available. The Rams are going to have to play at Seattle uh, on Saturday afternoon. And look, while Wolford wasn't bad, and Wolford does something that Jared Goff doesn't do, Wolford can also make things happen with his feet. Uh, Wolford ran for, what, 47 yards yesterday? Um, by the way, he ran for more yards yesterday than, oh, he ran for 56, excuse me. He was the leading rusher for the Rams yesterday. Uh, but he ran for 47 in the first half, which is more rushing yards than Jared Goff had managed in any game of his, uh, his career. So, you know, the Rams get a defensive touchdown. Thank God. Uh, Troy Hill, an 84-yard interception return, and great defense by the Rams. And they uh, finish up 10-6, and six and they get the Seahawks next week. So, you know, Good for Walford. You got to feel good for the kid, you know, because he was kind of thrown to the wolves. Uh, so they are in. Uh, Tennessee ends up winning the AFC South title. It is their first title in the AFC South since 2008. They beat uh, the Houston Texans yesterday 41-38 to in uh, uh, a miracle. It, on the last play, Sam Sloman kicks a 37-yard field goal that doinks off the uh, the upright. They get the bounce. It goes through, and they win the game 41-38. Uh, how about, though, I mean, the story of this game was Derrick Henry. 250 yards rushing on 34 carries. Think about that. Last game of the year, regular season game, he carried the ball 
34 times for 250 yards, averaged 7.4 yards a carry, scores two touchdowns, and uh, he's over 2,000 yards. I mean, it's just what a year this guy has had. Um, Franchise record, 2,027 yards. He is the eighth player in NFL history to run for 2,000 yards. Um, his his touchdown uh, runs yesterday, 52 yards and six yards. And uh, he had already won the rushing title because uh, Dalvin Cook, I think, was second. And he was he was about 300 yards behind him. And Dalvin Cook didn't play this week because his uh, father had passed away. But uh, And Henry also becomes the first player to win the rushing title in back-to-back season since LaDainian Tomlinson did it for the San Diego Chargers uh, back in 2006 and 2007. Uh, so the Titans now, by winning that, they will get a home game next week against a very dangerous Baltimore Ravens team. That game will be at uh, 1 o'clock on Sunday, and uh, Baltimore will be going in uh, with an easy victory yesterday. They beat the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday 38-3. to uh, but there's some college teams that could have given the Cincinnati Bengals a game yesterday. So, uh, so anyway, congratulations to the uh, Tennessee Titans. Um, let's see, what else we got? Oh, yeah, the Seattle Seahawks yesterday, we already talked about uh, they are going to have the home game with the Rams next week. Uh, they got a bit of a scare from the 49ers yesterday. It was almost like this team was sleepwalking a little bit. They fell behind 16-6 uh, to uh, early in the fourth quarter, and it looked like, the Seahawks were in danger of losing this game. And look, they came into this game with still had an opportunity to get the number one seed. As it turned out, it didn't matter. They weren't getting it because Green Bay won, and that was the end of that. But uh, they get a uh, – Russell Wilson came to life, and uh, he hits Tyler Lockett with two touchdown passes, uh, and uh, they take the 19-16 lead. They get uh, uh, an insurance touchdown on an Alex Collins run. Uh, with 149 to play, and they end up beating uh, the 49ers 26-23. to The 49ers got one late with about 23 seconds left, and Seattle recovers the onside kick, and that was the end of that. Russell Wilson was, you know, look, uh, he has been underwhelming this year. Threw for 181 yards, two touchdowns, didn't throw any interceptions, but his he just hasn't been very efficient with the football this year. Uh, he just, uh, you know, he has not, he, he has not been the, uh, the MVP caliber quarterback that, uh, a lot of us have come to expect from him, but, uh, uh, they get the win yesterday. Uh, the saints crushed the Panthers yesterday, 33 to seven, uh, drew Brees throws for 200 yards. And look, you got to give the saints a lot of credit in this game. They, they played this game. Remember how the Denver Broncos played a game without a quarterback this year? Well, the Saints yesterday played a game with none of their regular running backs available because of the coronavirus issue. So no Alvin Kamara, no anybody else. I mean, it was all because of contact tracing. They all had to miss the game. So what did they do? They convert Ty Montgomery, uh, wide receiver, to running back, and he runs for 105 yards on 18 carries. Uh, Taysom Hill, of course, you know, a guy, you know, the Wildcat quarterback, the guy who filled in for Drew Brees when he was hurt. Doesn't hurt having him. Uh, he ran seven times for 41 yards and a touchdown. And Brees threw for three touchdowns. Uh, quarterback rating of 117. Um, 
doesn't throw the ball down the field as much as he has in the past. I, you know, I think those ribs probably still bothering him a little bit. Uh, but, uh, you know, the Saints still, without a running back, ran up 347 yards of offense, and they win this one easily, 33-7. to So now the Saints will get the Chicago Bears next Sunday afternoon at 440. That'll be on uh, CBS and Nickelodeon. It's going to be like the uh, that the kids uh, game, the kids broadcast that the NFL is planning. Uh, so SpongeBob SquarePants comes to the NFL <laughs> next Sunday on CBS. It's forty-five minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's forty-six minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. So the Patriots uh, played out the string yesterday. Uh, they beat the New York Jets 28-14 to in a game that nobody cared about. Even if you're a Patriot fan, I, I, I can't imagine there were a lot of Patriot fans watching this game yesterday because who cares? I mean, honest to God, you know, I root for the Patriots, but I, I just I, – I wasn't watching this. I did not watch one minute of it. Now, Cam Newton, if this was his last game as a Patriot, which I believe it will be, he went out on a big note. He threw for three touchdown passes. Uh, had a quarterback rating of 127 yesterday. Ran for another, or actually, no, he didn't run for another when he caught a touchdown pass. Jacoby Myers threw his second touchdown pass of the season on a trick play. Uh, and uh, they win this thing 28-14. to 14. And, uh, eh, you know, Sony Michelle, I guess, trying to lobby uh, that he should still be a part of this franchise or a big part of this franchise ran for 76 yards yesterday averaged almost five yards a pop you know caught three passes for 60 yards and a touchdown I mean he had a he had a good game yesterday but again it didn't mean anything and but I do believe it'll be the end uh, for Cam Newton Cam Newton is making noises like he wants to stay there Cam Newton wants to stay anywhere because look his performance this year eh, I don't know that there's going to be a lot of suitors lining up to sign him next year. So I can understand why he'd want to stay. Uh, and by the way, he, he officially passed Steve Grogan uh, for the single season team record for uh, rushing yards by a quarterback. Um, and uh, he broke the record of 539. that was set by Grogan back in uh, 1978. I think it was, I think I still had season tickets back then to the Patriots and back in 78. Was, that was the year I graduated high school. Uh, and so anyway, so the Jets finish out, Two and fourteen, and as expected, it was announced last night that Adam Gaze got fired. Um, nine and twenty-three in his two seasons with New York, um, the two and fourteen record, the second worst record in Jets history. Uh, so, you know, look, you just knew it was coming. Um, who's next? That's the question. You know, the Chargers get a win yesterday over the Chiefs, who rested everybody. But a lot of people expect Anthony Lynn of the Chargers to be next. And frankly, he should be. Uh, some of the decisions that he made this year, his clock management and some of his play calling, just horrendous. So you have to wonder uh, if he might not be gone as early as today. Uh, now, uh, you know, Justin Herbert, his quarterback, has, has expressed a lot of confidence in him and, you know, says he really likes him and like to have him back. And, okay, I get it. Um, but I, if you are the Chargers, I don't know how you retain him. Uh, who else? Well, how about Doug Marone in Jacksonville? 
there's already been rumors that Urban Meyer is telling is putting a, a, a staff together, and it could be you know as early as today that that Maroon gets fired down there. Now, supposedly, when the rumors first came out that Urban Meyer might be the next coach of Jacksonville, uh, supposedly Maroon called up the owner immediately and asked him about it, and the owner the owner's response was, "No, it's news to me. We'll talk on Monday." <laughs> Uh, so that's not exactly a ringing endorsement. So, you know, you, you, you got to figure that, uh, he is probably on his way out. There's actually been rumors, uh, that there could be a coaching change in Cincinnati after one year. Um, I'd be surprised if that happens. Uh, what is Philadelphia going to do? Are they going to fire Doug Peterson? I don't think so. I don't think so. But at the same time, and I saw this comment, I don't remember where I saw it. But you have to question whether or not Doug Peterson could have lost the locker room with the decision that he made last night. I can't remember. It might have been on social media um, that I saw this, and somebody made this comment. And, you know, you, you can make that case. You know, regardless of what your record was, and we know the Eagles went into that game with no chance to make the playoffs, but – Guys don't want to tank, and if they feel like their coach is not doing the best, or you know, doing his his utmost to make sure this team wins, you could understand him losing the locker room. You know, my first question was: is you know, again, unless you were planning on tanking, why was Carson Wentz not active for that game yesterday? What do you got to lose? You know, go out with some pride. You know, when you are a losing franchise, you know, when you've got a crappy record, all you have left to do is play spoiler. You know, why not? You know, you go out and you you ruin somebody else's season. That's what that's all you got left. So, will Doug Peterson be in trouble? There have been questions as to whether Joe Judge could be in trouble in New York. The other New York team, I don't think so. You know, I think this is a team that uh, still has talent. I think that I think I I question whether Daniel Jones is the right guy to be playing quarterback for that football team. But I don't think Judge gets fired. You know, but I think the I think the two likely ones for sure. I think if Anthony Lynn doesn't get fired, uh, the Chargers should be ashamed of themselves because. This guy is holding that team back. I'm sorry. You know, I think they made the playoffs in his first year there, and it's because he, you know, they were, you know, had a lot of the, the same players and the same schemes from the previous regime. Uh, and since then, Anthony Lynn has continue, continually shot himself and that franchise in the foot. So I will be shocked if he's not. And I think Marone's a, a done deal. If these rumors about Urban Meyer have any legs at all, and they have been pretty consistent, I think that means that he's gone as well. Um, I don't think Doug Peterson's going to get fired, but I, at the same time, uh, I would not be shocked. Um, a couple other quick notes before we get out of here. We had a, uh, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame passed away uh, Friday night. Uh, Floyd Little died. Floyd Little is, uh, well, he was a three-time All-American at Syracuse. Um, 
great running back. Uh, he was the sixth overall pick in the 1967 draft. And uh, he's from New Haven, Connecticut. The uh, He went to Hill House High School. And uh, matter of fact, he attended uh, Syracuse when Joe Biden was there. And uh, they got to know each other a little bit. But not only was he a great player, a great running back, he was a great human being and somebody who gave back to his community, somebody who was very positive. Uh, the Athletic Center down in New Haven is named after Floyd Little. It was something he was very, very proud of. Uh, he was just uh, he was a great man. I had an opportunity to meet him a couple of times. And, uh, you know, somebody that uh, you just, you know, as soon as you met him, it's felt you felt like you it was somebody that you'd love to just you know spend more time with. So great guy. Uh, so I just wanted to uh, to mention uh, the fact that he had passed uh, this past weekend. And uh, the Boston Celtics with a win yesterday. Jason Tatum um, with a fadeaway jump shot with uh, two point nine left, and then a big defensive play at the other end. And uh, the Celtics get the weekend split with the Pistons. Jalen Brown actually had thirty one points in this game. Uh, Jalen Brown was 13 for 16 from the field in this game. Tatum finished with 24 points and 12 assists. Uh, Celtics shot 57% in this game. So a, uh, a good win for the Celtics. They have, uh, they have had a bit of a, uh, an up and down start to this season. Uh, and they get, uh, the Toronto Raptors, uh, tonight. And that game is actually going to be played in uh, Tampa, Florida, of course, cause, uh, you're <laughs> Tampa, I mean, uh, Toronto and Canada not allowing people over the border, uh, which, by the way, the Vancouver Canucks got permission from the Canadian government to play their games in their stadium so or their arena. So we're going to have that all-Canadian uh, division in the NHL. So uh, anyway, the Celtics playing the Raptors tonight in a game in uh, Tampa, Florida. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Going to leave you this morning with some old-time music from the Oak Ridge Boys. This is an American family We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.